Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you daily as we come along with me to build a bridge to conversation on this show, the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to, uh, again, thank you for being there today. Uh, we're just about through the storm. We're breaking through the clouds. We can see the airstrip, and hopefully we can bring this thing in for a landing here uh, shortly, and um, everybody can get back to doing what they are going to do, unbuckling seatbelts and uh, getting off the plane, stretching your legs, going about your your um, your various journey. It's been a bumpy ride. Let's just admit, it's been a whatever distance we have traveled as Americans, it has been bumpy uh, throughout the Fruited Plains. But uh, happy days are headed our way again, and we must keep this type of optimistic spirit that we will uh, prevail. We shall go on. We will not go away quietly into the night because we are Americans and uh, we will fight whatever it is that um, is threatening to destroy our way of life. And it does not matter what your party affiliation is. And that's the silliness that has um, surrounded all of this uh, is to think that somebody's evil or somebody's whatever because they happen to believe in a certain um, ideology that's not necessarily your own. That is absolutely uh, ludicrous, even juvenile. Um, for us as a, a, a nation, a people, to be as divided as we are because of um, differences in opinions and ideologies. That's always been the way it has been in this country, and it has never dissolved this nation. A civil war uh, yet split us, but it did not destroy us. But what we are doing with this imaginary bitterness that's going on in our minds toward a person is absolutely deranged. It is absolutely deranged. It's just as deranged as the nuts who painted uh, Obama in, in, play, in, in bad light. And, and there are people who are calling this president horrible who call that deranged. <laughs> you know? So you can't have it both ways. And you may say, well, this guy is much worse than that. No, he's not. It's only something that has been planted, contrived, and blown the heck up in your mind over one, uh, uh, about one person that has caused what I call, what the media is calling, um, I call it a Trump derangement syndrome long before it, it arrived on the scene. I can go back and get the clip, play it for you. A year ago, two years ago, three years, whatever it was. Can't remember what it was. 
but it, I said it before you started hearing it. And but there is this derangement syndrome that is even in young. To, you, the reason you know it is something that has been planted is because even young children who don't know nothing about politics are do the, have this knee jerk reaction. So that's how you really know it's been planted. This isn't something that is uh, observed and then opinion made about it. The derangement that's going on right now in this country is one that has been uh, skillfully, I might add, directed, contrived, and presented and, and injected into the American people that they should not like their president that is totally deranged and so let's stop it and move on it's the only way we're going to heal ourselves is to get over our own sickness we're, we're, we're ill I don't know where the illness came from maybe it was because uh, there was so much harping on division before this president became president of the United States yeah and as you heard me say many a times, uh, the greatest form of neglect, the most vicious form of neglect uh, or a race of racism is the racism of low expectations. That's what I broke away from. Vince Ellis is coming up. Ellison is coming up uh, on the next uh out in the next hour this everett ellison is coming up uh with me we're going to have that discussion when we have him on uh vince and i both have suffered the slings and arrows of being uh conservatives and being black in this country you talk about driving while black you try driving while black and conservative <laughs> in this country that same derangement that i was talking about it affects you 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 have no intention of doing anyone any harm you just have a belief that uh less government interference in our lives is the best way to go uh, and you're battling people who at this very moment are being fed the line that uh, uh more government interference is exactly what we need and we've spent the money to prove it yeah we spent our money to prove it <laughs> there have been times uh, in my life where you know i have um financed certain things for myself from my for, from myself and um you know you, you know you just borrow it and you know pay it back from but you know whatever savings what have you and um there are many people who do that type of thing and that's exactly what we're doing now uh, if you don't pay that money back, it's not there, America. You know, it's just not there because it depends on you to put it there. It's it, it is your bank account, your your United States Treasury. That's your money. <laughs> it's your it's your money, and if you take it out and don't put money back in to replenish it and yet you continue to take it out when you spend it of course it goes into the pockets of the vendors you know your merchants 
your doctors, you know, your Indian chiefs, whoever it is you pay to exist. Once it goes into their pockets, yeah, sure, they pay taxes on it. But friends, we're talking trillions of dollars. <laughs> we have gotten ourselves into uh, a mess. And the coronavirus is something that, you know, is certainly not our fault, but we, we're in a mess here because we are neck deep. We're, 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 no, we're mouth deep in debt. And uh, Pelosi doesn't care anything about spending money. Of course not. Pelosi um, doesn't care anything about it. She, she, she are, listen, if in, in, the, in, the, in the vast expanse and scope of things, Anyone who is, uh, oh, I say 45 to 95, 105, whatever it is, whatever the top number would be, from 45 to 105, that's 60 year span. Okay? To tell you the truth, we don't really care how much money you guys spend. (laughs) Yeah, we don't care. Because we're not going to be around it. And um, when it really gets bad and folks, it has not gotten that bad yet, as bad as is described in end time prophecy and scripture. It's not really that bad yet, but it's, it's getting that way. Food lines are wrapped around blocks in certain places. Yeah, people are hungry. Uh, the food supply is good. There's no sense to to panic, but uh, and even though there's plenty of groceries on the grocery store shelves, there's not plenty of money in people's pockets to buy those items. And so they're going to the food banks to get their supplies, their foods and their supplies. They're going to the food bank. And folks, uh, when folks don't have money in their jeans, things just necessarily by necessity become more dangerous because things become more desperate and people become more depraved. This has to end. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It was good. Just eight short weeks ago, it was good. It was good. The economy was humming along. And, I, and, and hey, listen, <laughs> I know that the Dems want to say, oh, that's the Obama bump. No, it wasn't. He had eight years to bump out, bump it all the way. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. There's no bump that was going to come out of the uh, Bush-Obama nightmare that uh, invaded this country. Those regulations that were put on were rolled back, and the economy began to boom. That's what happened. The Obama regulations that were put on were rolled back by Trump, and the economy began to boom. That's just, just plain and simple. That's what happened. And uh, once we got into a place, and, and, and once we got into a place where the economy was booming, the Chinese were on a leash. Uh, we had little Kim by the scruff of his neck, uh, 
and we had also the Iranians by the scruff of theirs. By the time we got all of that uh, settled in, for whatever reason, something comes out of China that uh, could have been avoided. And it is really being investigated as to the purposeful uh, unleashing of a, a deadly virus on the entire world by China. There's an investigation going on as to whether or not this was purposeful. Some may ask, why, why would they do something like that? An emerging account economy like China that uh, would be devastated or caught up in a nationwide in their country virus that shuts down governments because people can't contact each other would send them back to the dark ages where they were just 40, 50 years ago. It would send anything that would shut them down, just them, just solely them, while the rest of the world rocked along. It would shove them back 40 or 50 years where they were when Nixon basically uncovered them. Mm -hmm. They couldn't stand that. They couldn't tolerate that. They couldn't, they couldn't tolerate it because it would stop the emergence of their nation. And they were emerging. They were right there before Trump became president. They were right there at rivaling us for being the most dominant economy in the world. And if Hillary had become president, they would be the most dominant economy in the world because we'd still have on the same regulations and uh, we would suffer this. And along comes coronavirus if Hillary Clinton is uh, president of the United States. And the regulations are still on and America is not booming the way it was when it was when this virus hit us. If this economy was in the state that it was when Trump took it over, we would be devastated. You need to understand that. And no, it was not an Obama bump. Obama had eight years to get a whimper out of the economy. And that's all he ever got was a whimper. And there was nothing that he put in place that would produce this type of boom, this type of prosperity. I know the Democrats love to lie about all of that, but it's a lie. There's nothing that President Obama had put in place that would cause an economy to flourish. He had them restricted out of business because he did not understand business. Trump understands business. He comes in, he strips off the regulations. He gets no credit for it. And America booms. Unemployment goes absolutely down among everybody. Opportunities rise for everyone for everyone. Now, the question has to come up. Why America first? And that is what I want to deal with you on here today. And I'm going to uh, start that discussion with you when we return. Why America first? Why are we so arrogant? Uh, why are we so ugly as Americans? That's what our friends or not our friends, but yeah, well, yeah, a lot of our friends, a lot of our allies uh, think we're the ugly Americans because they call us arrogant Americans. We're arrogant. 
Well, let me shed some light on that uh, for you when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant show. Why America first? Why have that type of mentality, that type of attitude? Huh? Why? I'm telling you, it has a lot to do with how we were founded. No, it doesn't produce arrogance. Uh, it doesn't produce ugliness. It shouldn't. If it does, you're doing it all wrong. Okay. If, if, if your patriotism produces arrogance and haughtiness, then you're doing it all wrong. And if you associate that person who calls themselves a patriot with someone who calls themselves and who, who is uh, a, a total um, jackass, it's because you have been indoctrinated to believe that. And a lot of people have been indoctrinated to believe that about you in an opposite way. It's time for us to know each other uh, for who we are and stop taking the um, packaged version of who we are from the media, the news media. I was accused uh, by someone who's just getting to know me, um, just getting to know me of um, being someone who regurgitates what... Uh, is on Fox and Breitbart, and that's probably as far from the truth as any. If anything, they get their news from me, because uh, later on in the day, when they come on, or when I hear them on, I'm hearing my monologue. Yeah, and yeah, they do listen. <laughs> you better believe it. I say I'm a B-lister, and a lot of the A-listers, just like a para, just like an attorney benefits from the paralegal, and I know because I was once a paralegal. Yeah, the paralegal knows what the hell is going on because uh, the paralegal has uh, done the research, and he's given it to the attorney. The attorney understands what the research is about because he once did it himself. Yeah, so it's 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 guys like me, it's the B-listers like me who dig and do the research and many times they have their scouts listening to me and they regurgitate it oh i know sean's not gonna like that <laughs> but it's true a lot of times i'm not saying it was sean that does that but i'm not saying fox news man like that but it's true no i i don't um all my thoughts are my own and if anything they get theirs from me why america first we're going to investigate that when we come back and why that attitude is a good, it's the best one to have for Americans when the C.L. Bryant show returns. So glad that all of you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation coming up um, here in uh, the next hour will be Vince Everett Ellison and uh, great guy, great patriot, great American. He'll be on the show with me after the top of the next hour. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. I'll be back after these brief words with more. If you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant Show, be sure to download free the CL Bryant Show. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA throughout the continuous fruited plains of this continent and throughout our all of our territories and states outside of our boundaries all the way up into Alaska and out in Hawaii. We, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, we thank you uh, for being with us and around the globe, wherever you are, men and women uh, who bear arms to defend this great nation, all our ships at sea, we want to thank you uh, for being on uh, with us today and hopefully, hopefully we are laying this, these planks together in this bridge that we must build toward one another because surely we need uh, once again, to um, find ourselves with a healthy attitude and a healthy outlook uh, as to who we are as Americans. And some people will say, well, you got to get rid of Trump to do that. That's about as dumb a thing as I can ever heard of because he is probably the most patriotic president that uh, we have ever had. And uh, some will say, well, that's the problem. Man. You ain't too patriotic. Are you nuts? <laughs> We're fighting against the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, uh, you, know, you name them. Even, even our allies like the French and the Germans, they're all very patriotic. We have these idiots here in our country saying, well, they're just too, too patriotic. And, and, and America, because it's patriotic, it's hateful toward people from other countries. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We're not hateful toward people from other countries. We're hateful toward other people wanting to change our country. You should be hateful toward that, too, because they would be hateful toward you uh, if you went there to try and change that. Nah, I'm not talking about an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth type of thing. I'm just giving you a reality of how humans are about their homeland. Why aren't you like that? If you're not, why aren't you? What has what has happened to make you uh, unlike everyone else on the earth if you call yourself an American and you don't love your country? There's no way you're going to pry uh, the heart of Cuba, the Cuba out of the hearts of, I don't care how you came, I don't care how a Cuban got to these shores. You're not going to pry the heart of where they were born out of them. I don't care where I go to live. If I'd gone to live in Spain at 18, 19 years old, yes, I would identify with Spain and uh, no doubt about it. But, hey, there was no way that you'd ever take out of my heart, even though I may live in Spain, the pride of being born an American. 
some idiots talking about that, you know, uh, patriotism breeds hatred. Are you nuts? Yeah, doesn't in any other country except here where this uh, propaganda, this socialist propaganda has brainwashed us out of our own nationalist national uh, identity. You're an American. I don't care what color you may happen to be. Have you ever seen a, well, um, they defect when they get here, and I don't blame them. A Cuban boxer, I mean, hell yeah, they, they're, 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 they're proud to be Cuban boxers. Until they get to America, then they figure, well, I can be a Cuban boxer in America. Just bring my ideology with me. Mexican boxers, same way. They sneak across over here, and they become very proud Mexican boxers. And they bring their ideology with them, and they wave their Mexican flag because, you know, we allow that. But whose allegiance are they pledged to, Mexico or America? Um, what what happens when the fight goes down? Because the fight uh, could go down. Who knows? Why America first? It's based on a biblical principle that actually comes out of the book of um, Matthew, the 28th chapter, where Jesus tells us around that 18th, 19th um, verse to go ye. Into into everywhere, all the world, and teach what I'm what you're being taught. You know, doing uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. These on these two laws, on these two laws hang all the law, hang all the prophets. Okay, and that's what he said. So go ye and tell them that message. It'll cross over all types of party lines, but this is important to understand about America when we talk about patriotism. And we talk about who we are and why we are. It's important to understand this. Jesus said you start where you are. Okay, if you have a liberal home, then okay, you start in your liberal home. You start in your conservative home, uh, teaching whoever is there, your children evidently, um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You teach them that. They may embrace it. They may not. But you teach them that. That way they can't say they never heard it. And the second law to mankind given to us by our creator, the same creator that Jefferson was talking about in our founding documents. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, it doesn't matter what political ideology you want to embrace as long as you incorporate uh, that into it. Now, this is where we come to the divide as to how to love that neighbor. How, what is love to that neighbor? Well, who is myself? How am I treating myself? Huh? Well, if I'm uh, wanting to give myself a free ride, then, of course, I'm wanting my neighbor to have a free ride. But then again, there might be someone else uh, around the corner uh, who believes a little bit differently than that. They certainly want to see their neighbor do well. They're a little bit more conservative than the liberal mindset who wants to give everything to their neighbor the same that they have. Since they have it, they want their neighbor to have it. They want to give it to them. Around the corner, there's someone who wants their neighbor to have just as much as they have and have every opportunity that they have to get it. But they want them to earn it. If they can't earn it, of course, um, we're very generous and grateful if they're slow in 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 getting it then you you teach them how to speed up the process but you don't give it to them 
Now, in the case of black folks in America, and I know, of course, that that's the conversation that comes up with affirmative action and all of that. The playing field was unlevel. And of course, we started this race once the playing field was leveled. Uh, we started the race, as Dr. King alluded to, with a lead shoe on. Everybody else had on, um, you know, um, track shoes, you know, very light, spiked, dig them in uh, um, to the turf track shoes but we had lead shoes on because just to know anybody came out of slavery no other uh, ethnic group there were some who came out of um, you know bondage as far as uh, indentured servitude and all that type thing is concerned there were some who came to this country uh, who were poorer than slaves yeah the Irish they were poorer than slaves um, they had no uh, means of support but they survived and now they have become the most uh, successful ethnic group in the nation. And it is said that just about everywhere you look in the world, there's um, someone, there's some of us, human beings, regardless of what the skin tone, the color of your eyes or skin, what have you, uh, you have Genghis Khan, the Mongolian conqueror, in your bloodline somewhere. That's just how prolific uh, he was in conquering and breeding. Well, in America, the same holds true for Irish and the Scots, Scots-Irish, is that uh, they were very prolific at uh, all types of things. And most Americans, white and black, um, have a bit of Irish, a bit of the Blarney in them, I do. Yeah, Bryant's actually my name. Uh, long story, I'll tell it to you sometime. It's not a slave name, it's the name of my father's white parents long story talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah so what am i saying i am saying that patriotism is something that we had better we had better embrace for ourselves because everyone else does and when uh everything hits the fan when we go down and we can't help anybody, we can't give anybody else handouts and so forth, uh, I promise you that the um, Russians will, will, you know, band together as Russians. Uh, the Iranians will do the same thing. Chinese will certainly do that. But what are we doing? We're splintering ourselves with foolishness. Stop it. We're splintering ourselves with foolishness, with a derangement that has been planted in us and made more um, poisonous by news media. There is no reason that any sane person would hate in the way these talking heads in the um, communist, in many cases, news media behave toward this president there there is not there is that makes no sense especially when we have the type of economy that we had uh just a couple of weeks ago just a few weeks ago the strength of our military the way it is right now and the prospects of american prosperity as far as oil and energy independence is concerned you may 
you may see this beginning to occur, but I, I'm thinking that so many, in too many uh, instances, the fundamental change is occurring. Let me put a pin right here right quick uh, and, and say this because I, I want to um, bring to light how we are as Americans over the weekend. Over the weekend, I was um, a little bit civil disobedient, and some of you may get angry at me and so forth. But I went and attended a um, a shoot. Um, it was done by these two men I've met that uh, were just really good at what they did. Uh, Reggie Carr and Johnny Thomas, they're founders of I'm a Trumpster. I have the cap. Bought me a cap. I'm a Trumpster. Yeah, cap. And it was a great movement. They were doing the shoot for the... Um, Pre, um, the first lady's birthday, and I think big bash coming up pretty soon, and um, this video will be um, presented uh, from the good folks of Colorado. And Reggie Carr and Johnny Thomas did a fantastic job at Avi Avi um, Zur's place uh, where we were. It was just great, uh, and Evie is have all of them on here hopefully this week or early next week we'll have them all on and i i wanted to give them a shout out because uh you're going to be hearing about them and you're going to be hearing about reggie carr and johnny thomas on this show and i forwarded um, some of their work on to some friends of mine and um i certainly hope that you hear what i'm about to say this piece that was done so tastefully uh, with um, for Melania Trump was done by black men who took great pride, and they have credentials. They've worked with LaFace, uh, you know, uh, and um, they've worked with Capitol Records. They've worked with some big companies. LaFace is huge. There's Babyface and, uh, and uh, L.A. Reid. Yeah. Big, big, they've worked with big time stuff. They've done it. And they did, it would show through in their work. And so be on the lookout for that. The reason I brought that to bear was Americans won't tolerate this long. Now, of course, I'm keeping an eye on how I'm feeling and so forth and so on. But uh, for the next few days, you know, and but I think that there's just more to this than meets the eye. I just think there is. I just think there's more to it than meet the eye. America, why should we be first? Why America first? In this, we have to look out for ourselves. And I quoted, I referenced Matthew 28. Now, my pastor was preaching uh, on a subject that was very close to this on yesterday. And I just wanted to put my CL spin on it. Our Jerusalem is right here in America, no doubt about it. It's where, it's where he wanted us to start in our Jerusalem, where we're geographically, as Pastor put it in, and um, relationally close. You start in your home, where you are geographically and relationally close. And, and, and that's what America, that, that's scriptural. You take care of your home first. You, you, you take care of you first. Then you go and you, if you can, help Samaria 
or those who are not necessarily, who may be, may be geographically close, but they're not relationally close. They're close to you and you can reach out and touch them easily, but you really don't have any, you know, cultural relationship with them. He says, tell, tell, tell it. They may not want to hear it, but tell them anyway, go there, go there anyway. And then what America has been really good at, and I know that many of us now are leaning toward isolationism, wanting to become isolationists, but that's not what we were. We were not that when we talk about manifest destiny, that is not a part of it. And that's not some racist white man uh, idea. It's not. It is one that was driven by the American spirit to all who came to these shores, regardless of what their ethnicity was. And that is to be a shining light. That's what Manifest Destiny is all about, is to be a shining light to the rest of the world. And, of course, having dominance, being a superpower, it's about that. But we're all co-conspirators to the same um, takeover of this land that we're on right now. You may say, oh, the white man brought us over here and we, we, he made us, uh, no, we're co-conspirators with him. If you, if you say the Indians, if you're black, if you're Latino or uh, whoever you are, if you're a bleeding heart, liberal white person who says that, yes, we took this land from the native American, uh, you and your ancestors are co-conspirators too, especially if you, have the gall to say that and you are a land owner you are a co-conspirator so knock it off and <laughs> stop listening to that crap that uh, is just steering you the wrong way as far as the way we should feel about ourselves and our country but we're going to go into the uttermost parts the uttermost parts of the world. And that's a place where, and I love the way my pastor put this, uh, James A. McMinister, the Word of God Ministries. Uh, he put this, he says, when we talk about the uttermost parts, America, we're talking about places where we are not geographically close, relationally close, or culturally close. America, we have our own culture. But we're to spread our brand of Americanism and the good news of who we are everywhere because we are a Judeo-Christian nation. And uh, sure, we embrace the uh, old and the new. It is uh, that one, one is not good without the other. It's a culmination. It's a completion. You're, the, the first half of your life is no good without the second half. I don't care how bad the first half was. Uh, and the second half is no good without the first. I don't care how uh, good or how I don't care how good the first half may be or how bad the second half will, may be. The whole picture of who you are does not shine through without both. That's the way the Old and New Testament are. I'm C.L. Uh, we're going to talk more about why America first when I return with more. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Why America first? It's because we are a nation that was founded on the principle of starting in Jerusalem, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. And we would be a nation that had the type of um, strength, money, influence, and message that uh, would influence and support others with this particular message throughout the world. Um, England once was the guiding light in, um, in this effort as far as missionary uh, journeys were concerned. But um, now some of the great cathedrals uh, in Europe are now museums. Yeah, yeah you're the European, no doubt, was um, fantastic in missionary journeys as far as spreading the gospel. I'm not talking about your crusaders or anything like that of any sort, whether they're Muslim or Christian. Um, I'm not talking about the violence that goes with making the sausage of a nation. And I know that that is a repellent uh, in the minds of so many because nations are not uh, formed, really. Nations... Yeah, are beaten into, well, yeah, they're formed, but they're formed by the hard pounding of uh, steel against steel if it's going to be a strong nation. Yeah. This nation is strong because we were willing to do the tough things. Reminds me of what John Kennedy uh, said when uh, he announced that we were his eyes, his vision was for us to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. That's the American spirit. And what Jesus was telling his disciples when he told them to go ye uh, into all the worlds, he was talking to 12 men. And he certainly wasn't telling them, giving them this mission to do because it was easy. He gave it to them because there was a fire in them that could make them achieve things that were hard. With people who may not share their geographical location and with people who may not share their cultural foundation. They had no relationship with it all. That's what we have done when we look at the makeup of this country. You have people who have all come together from all 
types of geographical locations with all types of um, cultural differences as far as their origins are concerned with all types of relational differences. But yet they come here and they become something called an American unique among all other nations on the earth, because this is the only place where that type of uh, metamorphosis actually can occur. Oh, you can't become uh, anything but a Russian in Russia. Huh? You're not going to be an American in Russia. You may be an American visiting Russia, but you cannot be an, uh, you will become a Russian. Same with the French and English. You become an Englishman. You become a European. You become a Englishman. Huh? You become a Nigerian if you go to Nigeria. Cuban if you go and become a Cuban. You become a Cuban. And they're not going to tolerate. Yeah, we, we don't. They're going to tell you right quick. We don't care how you did it in America. For some reason, when they come here to America, we feel as though it's our obligation uh, to listen to how they did it in Germany or France. <laughs> Do you realize that? And we call ourselves hateful because we don't want to listen to the people who would want to change us. That's the whole idea of conservatism is we stick with what works and what has worked. And all the progressive ideas, even your um, um, civil rights movement, affirmative action, all of that. Uh, there might have been Democrat um, senates or presidents that um, signed them into law, like Johnson signed into law the, civil four, the 64 and 65 Civil Rights Act, but it was not done without Republicans. In fact, Everett Dirksen, to be exact, precise uh, Republican senator from, senator from Illinois had it not been for his vote there would not have been a civil rights act period it's Republican affirmative action Martin Luther King Day Black History Month all of that Reagan pushing Black History Month all you know <laughs> Republican so even what you hold to be dear and true is not true. <laughs> oh, it may be dear, but it's not true. It is something that has been hijacked. It's a story that has been hijacked from others that is being told to America, liberal America in particular today. The story of America coming from uh, the conservative viewpoint is simply the story of America. Yeah, yeah, we there were Indians hooping and hollering all over the place when um, we arrived. I'm talking all about all of us. When the Buffalo soldier arrived, um, he was black. When they, um, going back to the pilgrims when they arrived, you know, you know they were white. Uh, when the slave arrived, they were black. There were Indians hooping and hollering all over the place. When the Spanish arrived, they were mostly white. Except for those who had, you know, bred with the Indians. And that's where the Mexicans came from, and so forth. And whoever the Dominicans were, you know. It's, it's, it's all about 
human beings engaging in relationship. But why America first? It's contained in something that I was asked by a um, Iron Curtain refugee to this country. He was in um, Europe behind the Iron Curtain, Polish, Poland. And I was speaking at this place um, in uh, right outside of Detroit. Nice area, you know, that of Michigan up there. He comes to me after the speech and he says, CL, if America go away, if America go away, this is, I'm saying it the way he said, if America go away, where do people go? Hmm. If America goes away, where do people go? Who are trying to get away, escape, run away from tyranny and oppression? There is no, there is um, none of that. Our president is not a tyrant and he's certainly not trying to oppress anyone. He wants to protect you from people who would harm you and you call that tyranny or oppression if you want to do whatever you want but call me one too you know call me a tyrant call me an oppressor if that's if keeping america safe from those who would harm us without regard to the way we are able to provide for those coming into this country then call me someone uh, like uh, who's a tyrant and an oppressor too because there's only i i, I really believe there's only a there's a limit to what we can do for others before we begin to sink our own ship. Our boat begins to sink, it capsize. We can only hold so many, feed so many. And right now we're trying to feed ourselves. Why America first? It's because of what he said. If America goes away, where do people go? We hear you knocking, but you can't come in right now. The blessing that we have, Americans, is that people want to come here. And yes, we do want people to come here, no doubt about it. But they have to embrace who we are because they would certainly want us to embrace who they are as a nation if they if we came to live there. It's different if you just buy a little property there and, you know, or, or whatever. It's different. If you're not going to live there, but you, you're sure your money's the skin of the game. If you're buying property in another land or, or something of that nature, your money's the skin of the game. But when you live there, you really do have skin in the game. You really do. And so when people come to this nation and they're going to put skin in the game in this nation, sure, be who you are, but embrace the nation that's giving you the opportunity to put skin in the game. Because you can. The opportunity is there. Not the guarantee that you'll have skin in the game, but the opportunity to put skin in the game. To bring to the table. Hell, any fool can take off the table what someone else puts on it. Can't they? 
Why, sure, you can pick up a spoon and dip and put on your plate all you want off the table that somebody else uh, paid for, cooked, and, and, and presented for you to uh, pass through and, 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 and serve yourself. You can, every, anybody can take off the table. Any idiot can take off the table which someone else has put on the table. But the question in America now and the question that is presented to every American, particularly uh, those who feel as though somehow they do not have a stake in the game or they have not had a place at the table. You have a place at the table. Take your place and put something on it. Well, what are you talking about? Put something on it. I want to talk about that. When I come back on the other side of the break with Vince Everett Ellison, Vince Everett Ellison will be on with me on the other side of the break. And we're going to talk about what it is that's necessary for us to bring to the table at this point in time here in America in order to enjoy the um, fruits of America. In order to enjoy the fruits, you you there's no guarantees, but you, you it, it's available to you. You can have it. It can be yours without any excuses or reservations, but it it's it's up to you. What you get out of the American experience. I have found is almost directly related to what you're willing to willing as saying willing to contribute. If all you're willing to contribute is bitterness over the past, that's all you get. If what you're able to contribute is moving on and uh, building a future with ideals that are yours, whether they agree with mine or not, that's your American right. If you approach America like that, you get what you put in. I'll talk with Vince Everett Ellison when I return about this. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. After the news break, we'll be back. I'm just a pilgrim on this road. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, and I certainly want to thank all of you for being here today. And uh, hey, you know what? The best thing about uh, America, the best thing about our nation is regardless of where you may have come from in uh, the world, you can come here and you can be an American. You can't do that in Russia, China, or wherever. You've never heard of the Russian dream, the Chinese dream, or any of that type of thing. You can come here, but what's at stake now and what's being challenged, all of us, is the American dream. Joining me now is someone who has understood and does understood what that American dream is. Vince Everett Ellison, shaker, mover, and great mind in our country. Today has been on with me before, and I want to bring him to you again. Help me welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. Vince Everett Ellison, thank you so much for being there with me. How are you, friend? I'm doing great, Reverend Brian. How are you? Doing fantastically well, Vance, and I thank you so much for coming back on with us. How are you faring during these uh, troubled times during Corona? Brother, I am having a ball because I haven't listened to anything uh, my governor has said. Ralph Ralph Northam, you know, the guy that walked around in blackface, right. inside the Ku Klux Klan, right. uh, decided that he wanted to give me orders. And, uh, of course, he has no credibility with me, so... As far as anything that he said, I haven't listened to. Matter of fact, the day that he gave the quarantine order for everybody stay at home, as soon as he said it, I put on my shoes, put on uh, my clothes, and I told my wife, where are you going? I said, I'm going up for a drive because Ralph Northam told me not to. <laughs> is it that type of civil disobedience that is in the American spirit? Is that something that maybe uh, some people, Vince, I understand it. I just heard that you understand it. But do Americans understand uh, what can be lost if, in fact, we yield to this type of thing? Talk to us. I, I think that I think most do. Well, we're, we 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 we're having a we're having a serious, serious conversation in this country right now. I don't think our country has been this divided since the Civil War. Um, we 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 actually are having um, a, a real conversation again about what it is to be an American, and it's kind of got lost. Um, if, if you ask the average black person right now, uh, who freed you? They will tell you Abraham Lincoln. But Reverend Brian, you and I know that Jesus Christ freed us. That's right. And so we get into this, 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 this conversation here about innately knowing who you are, whether or not your freedoms come from God or whether or not your freedoms come from government. And too many of us, especially black Americans, believe that they come from government. Uh, as, I, as I wrote in my book, The Iron Triangle, uh, when um, I was listening to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, and while he was giving the speech, he said, um, uh, we come here to Washington, he said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, a Negro is still not free. And when I heard that, I, I, it, it, it occurred to me that this is where so many of us get our idea that we have to go to government for our freedom, that we have to ask for our freedom, that we have to march and, and protest for our freedom. And our freedoms come from God. They do not come from government. And when government tries to take our freedom away, you say, oh, you can't take it because you never gave it to us. It's not yours to take. It's mine. Now, you can give me information. You can, you can 
give me all the information that you need. And then as a free man, I'll decide how to live my life. You don't tell me how to live it. Absolutely. I'll decide how to live my life. I decide how to live my family, live their life. And I will then re- accept responsibility for what happens to me. That's and, freedom. And friends, full disclosure, just in case you don't know, and you've like just come in from Mars or somewhere and you've tuned in the CL Bryant show and you happen to be listening to myself and Vince Everett Ellison talking. We are two American men who happen to be black in this country, who happen to be Christian above all and uh, then conservative in our views. You are not listening to uh, white conservative uh, men talking here. These are American men, Christian men who have these views. So don't buy into the lie, uh, the lie that there's no black men or, you know, who look like Vince and I in this country don't have it. Let me ask you this, Vince. Let me ask you this. Um, When it comes to bringing to the table, I I say this a lot in in speeches that I do across the country. Uh, Anybody can take stuff off the table that you and I put on it, right? They they can come by and eat. They can eat all, they can eat everything they want if you and I put it on it. But is, is it character that actually causes you to put something on the table yourself so that others can also eat from what you put there instead of you just constantly taking off the table have have, have we gotten to a point where all we want to do is take talk to us vince Everett? yeah yes yes, yes, yes brother i mean you know when we look at this virus for instance what's going on here right now i recall watching the movie mississippi burning back in i think it was in the 80s or the 90s uh uh, you remember that movie, I'm sure, Mississippi yeah, Burning, oh yeah, Gene oh, Hagman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, grew up in Louisiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was about the, uh, about the murder of Sonny Goodman and Cheney down in Mississippi. Yeah. The FBI yeah. found out who the murderers were. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Gene Hagman uh, from the, was from the South. He was telling uh, Foe about the South. And he told him about the sharecropper uh, that had left uh, the plantation and was, was, was had started his own field and was expanding. And that his father, being a, a, a poor white man, uh, saw this and got jealous. And he said the next thing he knew that they had poisoned this poor sharecropper's farm. Uh, yeah. his, 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 his mules. Yeah. So they would force him back on the plantation. As I watch what's going now on here now in Black America, for years we were marginalized and, and, and we were on welfare and, and we had no jobs and Trump comes along. Yeah. Next thing you know, he has the highest black unemployment in the history of the nation. Black people open shops and businesses and they have jobs. And then this virus hits, and now when there's a, a, a little gap to open it back up, what is, what is the Democratic Party telling all black people? Stay home. Right. Don't go anywhere. Right. Keep your shop shut. It's the old Democrat playbook of making sure you can't put nothing on the table. Right. That you have to always come to them to right. get what you need. They want these people to lose their jobs. They want them to lose their shops. They want them to lose their livelihoods. If you turn on CNN right now, you're going to see them. Down in Georgia, down in Atlanta, all of these black men and what I tell you, black Americans, stay at home. Right. Don't come out. Right. Don't listen to what no one's telling you. Let your shops go. Let your jobs go. Let everything go. Yeah. They're trying to put them right back on the plantation because they saw that they were improving their lives. Exactly. And they know. Exactly. That if black people improve their lives, they're no they're no, no longer going to need the Democrat Party. And what has happened uh, too? We were just about, as you were uh, saying and alluding to, uh, Vince Everett Ellison is my uh, special guest author of the Iron Triangle. But Vince, before I, I I say this, I want you to tell the folks how to get in touch with you and how to get a hold of the book, and then I'll I'll uh, say what I'm going to say. But I want right while it's hot, while the iron's hot, tell the folks uh, how to get in touch. Yes, you can go to my website. It's irontrianglebook.com. Iron, 
TheTriangleBook.com. You can get the book on Amazon. You can get it on BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, you can go uh, to the bookstores, Barnes, Barnes and Noble. Also, you can you can uh, get the book off my website. The excerpts from the book, they are uh, my my, my appearances where I've talked on talk shows and the blogs that I also write. So IronTriangleBook.com. You can contact me on on there also and send me messages and invite me or just have a conversation with me. I'd love to hear from anyone. Anyone that wants to talk to me. Vince Everett Ellison, I want you to stay with me uh, through the, the break, Vince. Although, no, we have about uh, 10 minutes. We have about 10 minutes left in this segment. But uh, I, I want to talk to you, uh, Vince, about the fear tactic that has been used on uh, black folks uh, from uh, way back uh, in the 60s. Mm. And I can remember I was just about eight, nine years old in uh, 65 when uh, Warner, Sh uh, Cheney, and Goodman were killed. And Jet Magazine, mm -hmm. which was a prominent black magazine back in the day, Jet Magazine. I remember the graphic pictures of them finding uh, them, their bodies. And they had them in Jet. They had the pictures in Jet Magazine. And fear, fear was the tactic that was used uh, then to drive the vote. I noticed, and, and even though it was horrible, it was actually horrendous uh, what had happened. The Democrats and uh, have always used fear tactics to drive us, and I see that it is being used in this coronavirus. From what you described, they're telling them to stay home because uh, they're basically got them scared to death that they're going to die if they don't. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be effective? Talk to us. Yeah, well, you know, that's, it, it remains to be seen, but I hope not. But we, we've been, um, we, uh, in, in my book, The Iron Triangle, I talked about cognitive dissonance and Stockholm Syndrome and how they've used that to keep us in place for the last 200 years. Um, fear, as you know, is not of God. Right. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Uh, fear is always your greatest enemy. And what the Democrats will tell you, they'll tell you what you're going to lose if you leave them, not what you're going to gain if you stay. You know, right, right, right now they, they they say that the virus is killing us uh, in much larger numbers than there are any other segment of the American population. You know, and they say this because we have these three existing conditions: diabetes, high blood pressure, and obesity, and all of that. But it's it's, it's interesting. If America catches a cold, the black community will catch pneumonia. Yeah, it always hits touch harder, whether it be AIDS, whether it be drugs, family breakdown, terrible schools. It hits our community harder. Now, the question is, why? It's been because we've been falling behind the Democratic Party for the last 200 years. Yeah. And they are nothing but a death machine. You're talking about the reverse Midas touch? <laughs> That's what they have. And if you want to go into any area that they can control completely where black people live, my goodness, you better not go at night. I know that's right. Because it is a bad, bad drugs, alcohol, terrible schools, no jobs. If you try to bring in any type of business, they will call it gentrification. Yeah. They don't want to hold foods. They don't want to trade the jokes. No. And then when the people have the bad diets uh, because they have to go to these mom and pop shops that are selling all of this processed food, and they and they get and they and they, and they, and they suffer from obesity and they suffer from high blood pressure. But when when you try to bring in a Trader Joe's or, or Whole Foods or something like that. Mm -mm. They don't they, want the politicians are the ones that shut it down. Do not want it. Do not want it. Wal no. Walmart tried to come into D.C. and they went crazy. No. They don't, they don't want it. Don't want it. Do and, not and, want and, it. And, 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 and then when these people have these underlying health conditions, because their politicians are the ones that kept them out, that have destroyed these cities, the very same politicians that took um, uh, 
Detroit and Chicago and bankrupted them. Yeah. Completely bankrupted the cities where, where you're afraid to even bring a business there. And because you have food deserts, and they will tell the people right now, if you talk to them about their habits and what they're doing to bring about their own demise, they'll say, you're blaming the victim. Oh, yeah. And you know what, uh, Vince, uh, you saying that um, it's easy to get a church's fried chicken, a Popeye's fried chicken, a liquor store. Oh, yeah. uh, you can get a liquor store in, in there real easy. But anything that would be beneficial to the health of the community, uh, especially in the black community, a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods, not happening. It's just not happening because they don't want. Let me ask you this, Vince. Um, I have been noticing this and uh, up until just about uh, a month ago, I was traveling back and forth across the nation. I noticed the homeless and I did this short documentary on the homeless, but you know, one thing I'm not seeing, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong. If somebody out there, uh, want to correct me, you can, I'm not seeing this, uh, in, 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 you talked about something peculiar. It's peculiar to me that the homeless are not coming down with this in droves. Uh, I, I just don't, I just don't understand, uh, this thing. And I'm not really sure who does, uh, Vince, is that peculiar to you as well? If, if, gathering together the homeless they they're not dropping dead of this for at least from what i'm seeing what do you what would you make of that well they're they're, they're finding uh, uh they're finding as you know reverend that as they're doing these uh, tests now they're finding that many more of the people have been infected than they knew and most people have gone home thought they had the flu or it, uh, they were just asymptomatic it didn't it didn't kill them at all they're finding that the kill ratio of this uh, COVID-19 might be less than the kill ratio of this common flu. So a lot of the homeless um, were, or, or, or probably had the disease but just cured themselves from it. They scared us by telling us that 2 million people were going to die. That's how they scared us. They told us 2 million people were going to die of this disease. Right now, we are a little over 50,000. That is a 95% fault rate. They weren't said, that was not, they didn't make a mistake. They, that was a lie. It was a yeah, scare attack. People did not die. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they and, and they knew it. And now they're finding they, they were saying that maybe four percent of the population, uh four percent of the people that got it is gonna die. But now they're finding that it's less than zero point five percent of the people that are get infected and the, the the amount of people that die in the population is so small it's minuscule. It's not even enough zero zero point five percent or something like that. So they use the scare tactic to get us to close down this whole economy. And now they're really ramping it up in the black community to keep us afraid and keep us locked down. I don't know how this happened, but I do know now they've grabbed and they're taking full advantage of it, and they're using fear. And as you said, they've already uh, controlled black people, have us controlled to believe whatever they say, do whatever they say. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a contrarian and I'm a free man. <laughs> I've always noticed in our community that if we want something, we believe we're supposed to go straight to government, and it comes from a slave mentality of going to the master. Or going to the, the as you can remember, Reverend Brad, the white man that owns the, the, the plantation, yeah. to ask him for something if you need it. Uh, and that you shouldn't even try to make a move without his permission. Oh, yeah. Because you're afraid you're going to lose what you got. Oh, yeah. My book, The Iron Triangle, talks about how these three entities, the uh, most black creatures, that you are, you, are, you are not part of that group. You are one of the few that is out there doing the thing and doing it right. But most black creatures, most black politicians, and most black civic organizers, form this triangle that's choking the life of the black community and they are contractors for the Democrat Party. They are just the 2020 version 
of the slave system where the house Negroes were in there with the slaves and the field Negroes out there in the field. Oh, yeah. That's who they are. And it's, and it's a variation on the thing. And it's continuing unmolested right now. So they told us to stay in the house. They told us don't open up our shops. They told us don't go outside. And you have many people that are acquiescing to it. But the ones that are acquiescing to it are the ones that have always done it. And you and I are just not that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen, amen, amen is what I have uh, to say to that. Uh, Vince, when uh, we come back, in fact, we might start the conversation now. I have a little over uh, a couple of minutes. Uh, I think I'll save the question for you. I want to talk about go ye, uh, go ye into the world. And America is a nation that has uh, the means, the ability, and the religious founding in order to do that. And uh, our, I want to talk about where our Jerusalem and our Samaria and our uh, uttermost part is. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the relation uh, that we have with one another as Americans, and both geographically and culturally. And then you have cultures within a culture here in America as well. But we should all just be Americans. And yes. I, I want to see and I want to talk to Vince Edwards, uh, Everett Ellison, about uh, how do we view then as Americans that Jerusalem, that Samaria and the uttermost part of the world is that still our job uh, is america failing at it are we succeeding at it have we changed course on that we're going to talk about that uh folks because our existence does in fact depend on how we view our founding are we a judeo-christian nation and you know i say that we are uh is god's hand moving in america i think that i certainly believe it is but do americans believe that God's going to do what he's going to do, okay, whether you believe it or not. But do Americans have that in their heart? Are we losing that? Do we need to regain that? I'm CL on with Vince Everett Ellison, author of The Iron Triangle. Get that book. We're going to talk more with him when we return. If you don't have both hours of the CL Bryan Show, download free the CL Bryan Show app. Get my movie, Runaway Slave, which uh, we're about to re release it. Uh, throughout uh, the nation, and uh, it was the forerunner of Walk Away and Blexit, um, Runaway Slave. Uh, we released it eight years ago. We're about to re-release it. I'll talk to you soon. I'm CL. <laughs> Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Our hands are lifted. 
CL back with you on this great day in the USA throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. To all of our friends who may be traveling through the, the deserted Times Square, it is eerie. You can see tumbleweed there uh, but look right above ripley's believe it or not the iconic ripley's believe it or not and above there you will see the red state talk billboard there in times square just a block from where we dropped the big ball in new york city on new year's night and every hour the cl Bryant show 24 hours a day pops up on that big screen and old cl's face looking right back at you download free the cl bryant show app go to the cl bryant show.com on with me today special guest as vince everett ellison author of the iron triangle and he was laying it down when we left and i wanted to get his opinion wanted him to opine eloquently as he has been doing on the topic of us as christians as a christian nation are we still going uh there for into all the world uh, starting in jerusalem samaria are we as black pastors talk to us about that uh um uh, events because black pastors need to hear from others who are black in the congregation because there has to be an awakening talk to us about the role of the black church and uh, what we should be doing talk to us about it you know reverend brian it, it's, it's it breaks my heart because the black church has been given a, a, a special status in america and you know it came through the civil rights movement the fact that it was actually a church a church-led movement and it, it sanctified itself during that time. It became well known. And Martin Luther King, Jr., Ralph Alvin, Matthew, Reverend Shuttlesworth, all of them led this, led this movement that the world watched. And after it all, after it, 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 it seems that when African Americans decided that they were going to go political and they went back to the, the party of their former masters, which was the Democrat Party, it's, it, it, they became stuck there. And when the liberals decided in the 70s to take over the party, Many of the conservatives in the party left and became, they became Republicans, but the conservative blacks stayed in the Democrat Party. And they refused to, and so they became this hybrid. In uh, Esquire magazine, they called them the gospel left, where they are um, Christians only for two hours, and that's on Sunday morning. Um, we, we, we started supporting, we want, to, we, we want to remain Christians, but we want to support politics that's completely contrary. To the Christian point of view, uh, black pastors now supporting same-sex marriage. They are supporting um, 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 transgender operations for, 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 for children. They're paid by, pay for by the federal government. They're paying for abortion, fairly funded, up until birth. And sometimes, you know, Ralph Northam said you can take it to afterbirth. Uh, they they support banning prayer from schools and the Bible from schools and um, they're against religious education. And now they've taken a whole generation of children and they have created a cultural genocide. Uh, you, 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 you're not a little bit older than the rest of them, but we are some of the few black people still remember how it used to be. Yeah. Right, right now, these younger black people don't even know what right looks like because the left grabbed them. Right. And put them in, in schools that talk them completely out of our culture. 
But you and I went to school, nobody disrespected a teacher. Oh, no. We no. had black men that went to school, they were school teachers, and they had discipline. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. You know, we're talking with Vince Everett Ellison and Vince, uh, you and I can say this um, as in a way that our children, even our grandchildren at this point, because I have grandchildren now, uh, couldn't say one thing I knew about and I went to segregated schools up until I was mm -hmm. in the seventh grade and uh, then integration came in 1968 in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, but Vince, one thing I can say about the black teacher back in the day before we integrated, and I'm not mm -hmm. saying things wrong, anything wrong with integration. I'm not saying that. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm just I'm just making an observation. The black teacher wanted me to succeed. I That's knew right. that. I knew that he or she, and we had black and white, I mean, we had black male and female, what I'm saying, male and female black teachers who we knew did not play. And that's what they said. We're well, not playing with you. That's what they tell you that. Uh, and they wanted you to succeed. Vince. Oh, well. Vince, I lost Vince. Call me back, Michelle. We lost you guys. Call me back. But uh, Vince, that's what we want to make certain of is that that black that student not the black student but that student is in fact being taught by someone who wants them to succeed Vince and Ellison and Vince Everett Ellison and I were talking about that and uh, somehow I lost him. I don't know what happened. The way we're having to do uh, things now, I got him. There we go. We got him. Got him back now. And uh, Vince, uh, I, I lost you right as we were making that point about the black teacher. And uh, what would you say about that era in time? What changed? When did this flip come? Well, you know, um, we, we wanted to integrate so badly. That was the problem. They, they wanted, uh, they, they, they told us that integration was a thing to be desired and that what we had was not good enough. Um, if you if you read Brown versus Board of Education, it did not say anywhere in Brown that the black children were not getting a good education. What it said was that we felt inferior and that sitting black children beside white children would stop us from, being, from feeling inferior. So they integrated the schools. But what they did was it gave power to the federal government to control the federal government came to the enforcement mechanism. And what the liberals took over the public educational system through the teachers' unions, and they ran out of God, and they ran out of discipline. Uh, they knew, and there have been studies that have proven that if a black child has a black male teacher for the, uh, the first uh, five years of his life, only one or two black male teachers, that their odds of graduating expand exponentially. So they made sure they got most of the black male teachers out. Right. And then they took out the discipline. And as you know, Reverend Brian, that if you don't have a real black man in that school, right. you're not going to tell him that a child can talk to him any kind of way and he can't do anything about it. You better believe it. He's not going to tolerate that. You better believe it. Arthur Thompson was uh, the Thompson was from Nigeria. He was our black principal at Central Free Methodist uh, a day school where I went to elementary school, a segregated school. And uh, and Reverend Alston was uh, the, the, the pastor there at that that place. And let me tell you something. They did not play. They were strong black men, but they also had intelligent, strong black women who were oh, yeah. examples. 
examples who were teaching us. Do you know what else went away during that period in time? Uh, Vince Ellison was the was black business. Black mm-hmm. business was thriving before the schools became integrated, and we stopped. We st- I did not become smarter sitting next to little Johnny. I I, I, I did not become smarter. In fact, my grades got worse than better when I when the schools became integrated. Not blaming integration. I'm just saying the attention that I needed uh, went away. It became, as you said, a government-run organization that took away those things that I was familiar with, God and country, family. It took that away. And, yeah, uh, they, they, did, they didn't let it stay. They, they, and that was a plan from, from, from the start. Right now, even now, um, the, the, the Trump administration, as you know, Reverend Brown, is pushing all up the school choice. And um, when when you get school choice, you'll get the discipline back. You'll you'll get the religion back. You'll get the um, the, the parental control back. And um, that is why the uh, liberals have such a hold on public education. They know that as long as they can hold on to these children, they understand that they can control the future of America. They have eyes. They can read. They look at the SAT scores. They look at the fact that uh, 50% of black boys uh, flunk out of school and of the 50, and 50% of those that graduate are partially illiterate. They know this. And yet, they never change one thing. All they want is more money. When you start talking about accountability, they and, and the NAACP turned around and they did a white paper against all charter schools. They want them outlawed because yeah. they're still fighting for this holy grail of forced integration. Yeah, and it doesn't matter that Harvard has uh, issued a uh, a study that shows that the schools now are more segregated than they were. Yeah, from Brown versus Board of Education. Absolutely, it doesn't matter. But but they have control, and there are schools that are existing today where, for the last two years, they have not graduated one child that 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 that, that was proficient in math or science or reading in Baltimore and in other cities, and they open them every year. And they continually put children in those schools. These are children that these rich white liberals would not put their dog in. No, they but wouldn't. They demand that they send black children there. You're absolutely right. And the strangest thing about all of that, talking about Baltimore, is that they kept a reelecting and reelecting Elijah Cummings to mm-hmm. the House of Representatives over and over and over again, simply because he was Elijah Cummings and he was black, but he was not doing a thing for his people in that, in his district. Isn't, isn't that amazing? It's like when, when, when Joe Biden was so happy to have gotten Jim Clyburn uh, in, in, in endorsement. And Jim Clyburn has been the congressman of this uh, district in South Carolina for 27 years. Yeah. And for 27 years, it has been the poorest, most ill-educated, most crime-ridden, drug-infested district in the whole state and one of the worst in the whole country. Nevertheless, Joe Biden coveted his endorsement because this is how Joe Biden sees black people. He sees them being exactly there. He sees Jim Clyburn as a success. Yeah. The same way they see a lot of commons as a success. Why yeah. are they successful? Because of one reason. Their districts vote 90% Democrat. That's it. Absolutely. That matters. Absolutely. They don't have many go to jail. They don't have many go to prison. They don't have many on drugs. They don't have many families break down. How are they voting? The vote, the vote, the vote. That's it's exactly all that right. matters. As long as they get 90% of the black vote, they will never change the thing. That's Why exactly right. That's exactly right. I want to thank you, man, for saying it the way you say it and doing it the way you do it. Uh, tell the folks one more time, uh, Vince, how to get in touch with, with you and get a hold of your book. 
Well, you can contact me again. My um, webpage is irontrianglebook.com. It's irontrianglebook.com. Uh, please get this book. And the one thing I want you to know and your listeners is the Reverend Brian, is I say in on the third page of my book the, that uh, white conservative Republicans have nothing more to apologize for. Nothing. Everything that's wrong in the black community can be fixed in the black community. We are all Christians. We're all children of God. And, uh, and the Iron Triangle and the Democratic Party seem to have one primary goal to get you maintain power. They want to keep black and white Christians separated. They want to keep us hating and fighting one another. If you look at what we believe, and, and even the Washington Post had a story on it last week, it proves that black people are more conservative than whites. Uh, uh, Christian conservatives are. Nevertheless, these are completely opposite politically. Yeah. And this is our challenge today. And I know you've been fighting for a long time, longer than me. But this is the challenge to bridge that gap between black and white Christians because politics will not save us. Only the blood of Jesus Christ will save us. And his last prayer before he went to the cross was for unity. Yeah. He knew that Satan was going to come in and divide his children. And that would be the only way he could defeat us. And we have fallen right into the trap. This is the fight to bring us together, bring the children of Christ together. We are heirs of Jesus Christ. We are blessed to see The world is ours, and we're going to, me and you, working together, and more than this, we're going to come back and we're going to reclaim. That works. That works, man. And you got to come back real soon. And Vince, I don't think you and I have had a chance to talk yet, but we do need to speak. I do have uh, your contact. It's on me to give. I'll, I'll give you a call here this week. I assure you that there is work that we can do uh, together. God bless you and God keep you. Thank you so much for being on with me here today. And I know that you're going to continue to fight the good fight because you are uh, fighting the good fight. Vince Everett Ellison, The Iron Triangle. Get his book. I'm CL. Thanks so much, Vince. Talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. We'll be right back uh, with more of the C.L. Bryant show. That was Vince Everett Ellison. And I got to tell you something, folks. He really laid it down the way it should be laid down. He was not ashamed to do it. He was not afraid to do it. He had the courage to say it was on his mind. And you know what? Uh, It should be time for us to be tired of folks who do not say what's on their mind. The mealy mouth, um, the mealy mouthed um, politician, mealy mouth preacher, uh, mealy mouth patriot. Um, you have all types of anti-American stuff going on where people think it's in vogue. It's okay to, you know, tear down your own country. But I'm telling you that it's absolutely deranged to do that type of thing. Not when your country is here. Not when your country is here. Well, are you crazy? <laughs> are you nuts? CL, if America go away, said the refugee from behind the Iron Curtain, where do people go? Huh? Where do they go? Where do people Go if America goes away. Where do people go? And I don't care how much you American haters hate your own country. That question is one that you should take into account. Where do people go? If America, the country that you despise, even though you're a citizen, if it goes away, 
<laughs> oh, despise it all you want, hate it all you want, you know. But where do people go? Where do you go? Huh? Where do you go with your hate in America self if the land that you hate goes away? You wake up tomorrow, it's totally what... Listen, and this is the strangest thing. If you woke up tomorrow in the America that you want it to be, at least in your little idealistic head, you wouldn't want to live there. That goes along with the question, if America goes away, where do people go? Because they evidently don't want to live where they are. Huh? Evidently not. So where do people go? While you're complaining about how awful we are, there are people in foreign lands right now who will gladly trade spots with you. Where do people go? Where will do you go? If America goes away, hmm? where do you go? And I can almost guarantee you that if you wake up tomorrow in the idealistic uh, world that you uh, have in mind for your America, if you happen to be of a ultra liberal slant, you don't want to live it. You wouldn't want to live in the place if you, if you um, were there. If, if you had it, you wouldn't want to live in it. People who are living in your, in the place that you are dreaming about and contemplating and all, the people who are living in those places don't want to be there. Are you hearing me? They don't. They don't want to be there. <laughs> and you're dreaming of it, a place where people are running away from. Oh. <sighs> My people, my people, I'm talking about you Americans. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the home stretch of the C.L. Bryant show today. I'm so grateful that you were able to come along with us, helping us build the bridge to conversation. You don't have to agree with me, folks, uh, on any of this stuff. No, you don't have to agree with me on any of it. I just want to talk to you about it. I just want to have a conversation about it. I understand that uh, some of the ideas that are presented on this show uh, are kind of radical to you. Hang around. Get some more. thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout this great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Scare tactics? Yeah, quite possibly uh, so. No doubt um, about it. Yes, it is. And this, this thing's killing people, so it's definitely real. There is no question about it. I talked to my relatives in Louisiana um, just yesterday and um, it's real. It's definitely real. Strange to me why the the uh, homeless are not affected like pups in a kennel with this, if the guidelines are proper. But we just don't know. You know, maybe they are herd immune already. Who knows? You know, God looks after poor, the poor and the and fools. And so I'm included in. Anyway, um, why bail out poorly run states? That's what the president is asking uh, the American people. He uh, slammed many U.S. cities and states uh, seeking billions of dollars in more federal money uh, to offset huge losses amid this, you know, coronavirus outbreak. Uh, as lawmakers spar over the next round of uh, potential economic relief along um, they're split along party lines on whether we should shoot out any more money. I, uh, I'm not really in, of course, like I said, um, all of us who are over 45 and you know uh, below 105, we don't care. Because, we, because we're not going to pay for it. Our grandchildren and grandchildren, children and grandchildren got to pay for all this. And it's going to be a horrible world, but we care about the world that we live, leave to them. But if you keep doing this, it's going to become to a point where, hey, we're going to have to say we don't care because we're not going to be here in 60 years. In 60, 70 years, we're not be here anyway. I'm, I still may be around 60 years, but 70 years, that may be pushing a little bit even for me. Yeah, I think I'll do another 60. Um, hang around. I think I tell I tell everybody that. I'm going to do another 60. Another 70, I don't know. I think I'll be good and tired uh, by that. But you, you have to put a cap on this on this spending. Because if you live another if you live another 10, 20, 30 years, if we those of us in that age bracket are going to starve to death. They just don't. America is just not. You know, we take care of our poor, but we're not very keen on elderly. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of old folks who are hurting in this country, and it's sad. It should not be. It certainly should not be. So, the president is saying Democrats are calling for more aid to help um, beleaguered 
uh, municipalities left out of uh, recent stimulus measures. But some Republicans have balked at the price tag, and uh, they should. They should. And uh, while the Senate, our Senate's top Republicans, were saying that um, he would back state bankruptcy before giving them more U.S. funding. So Mitch McConnell is all against this. Okay? Mitch McConnell is all against this. And Mitch is saying that he'll go ahead and he would back the state going ahead and filing bankruptcy before he gives them more money from the United States. Let them rebuild. Pay off debts. You know, gonna be it's gonna be fifty cent on the dollar or less anyway. Why should the people and taxpayers of America be bailing out poorly run states like Illinois as an example? And cities in all cases uh, Democrat run and manage when most of the other states are not looking for bailout help. I am open to discussing anything but just asking. Um, that's what the president um, retweeted a Republican tweet. Yeah. Why is it that most of these cities who are looking for bailouts, if not all of the cities who are looking for bailouts, are so-called cities that are run by liberal agendas? Does that say anything? Ah, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, there are many uh, cities uh, and states Texas is not going to file a bankruptcy. Bad hit as Louisiana is. We're not going to file bankruptcy. Conservative run. Georgia is being so independent and, you know, that even butting heads with the president. You know, North Carolina, you know, they, what can I say? I don't know what to say about what's happening in North Carolina. You're seeing a transformation take place. That's where Ben's at, but Ellison is. And North governor up there is, yeah, the one black-faced governor. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're up against. That's what we're up against here in this, in uh, in this country. And and believe me, I I know that there's enough um, going on in your life, just in your life, without having to do what you're having to do or what you are doing right now. I don't know. I'm not really sure if it's necessary to say that we're having to do this. I don't know if that's accurate to say anymore. At first, it was cute. It was funny. Okay, let's go along with it. Oh, look, they're even going to send you send folks money. Look at that. And then four, three, four weeks of this, yeah, oh, that ain't for us. This ain't for Americans. 
which this has to change, this will change. It has to change. We cannot. Although, you know, the, the thing about it is that the strangest thing about all of this as far as being a human being is concerned, you get used to it. You get used to it. You're in a huge jail cell because you're trying not to get germ cells on your person fearing that it can kill you. We must either arrest this thing, immune ourselves to it, herd immune ourselves to it, whatever, but this is something we must not get used to doing is living like this and being herded. Being hurt, We were herded like this into this corral. And here we are. Time to break out. Time to bust out. I had a stallion one time, Rocky. I had a stallion. <laughs> yeah, you better have some secure fences. This Rocky busting through, especially if the mares were on the other in the other field and he was isolated. You better have some strong fences, or you'll be sitting in the yard that separates the two fields. And old Rocky will come galloping through. He is busted through the fence somewhere. Yeah. We are about to bust out of this. We must. Because this is not the way that we want to live. Our American passions are high. Our American desires run deep. And all of them are fueled with the idea of freedom. That is what, man, there have been ambulances. What is anything going on here? I mean, what's going on in, uh, in Denver here? I'm hearing ambulance, ambulance, ambulances all um, the last hour. Let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. Is there an emergency or something declared that I don't know about? Uh, I'm watching a, a screen um, I don't see anything flashing across. So, friends, it all boils down to what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do? And I'm not saying to any of you or asking any of you to do anything stupid, but I am asking you to examine your American self. That's important, that we examine our American selves. And then we must come to certain conclusions about who we want to be. Because right now, believe it or not, there is a redefining that is taking place in so many different camps. And when that redefining is complete, if you don't have a voice in that redefining that could bring about fundamental change in this country, fundamental change that you are staring right now in the face. You don't want this to become the norm, do you? Of course you don't. So the question is, what are you prepared to do about it? Certainly not anything crazy, not anything stupid, but what are you prepared to do about 
it. Tell you one thing you must do. You must stand up. You must stand up. And if you're a a person who do remember what America is about and why you have been successful and why you had hope of being successful and why you believe you will be successful in America. If you have any inkling of what and how that has been planted in you, planted in others, don't be afraid to do it. It's going to take now men and women of courage to tell the Judeo-Christian story of America because that is the only way to tell the American story is if you incorporate that. And once you tell the Judeo-Christian story of America, you truly tell the story of every other faith that's here because it is that Judeo-Christian ethic that has allowed them the freedom to be who they are. But we must not allow them to extinguish the very ethic, the Judeo-Christian ethic that gives them their liberty. Seems as though the other that exists takes away ours while we defend theirs. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I am able to talk to you again, I'm CL and may God bless and keep you all. Mm -hmm.